Scun. 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 Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about food. So we're going to be talking about food programmes, our own kind of experiences with cooking and where we learnt to cook and our own relationships with that. Uh, and also just our favourite food because uh, we all like eating. And it's it's December and we can. And we can. We don't need to be beach body ready. See our other episode and also the fact I just did air quotes on a podcast. <laughs> For more information. Uh, Podcast, such a visual medium. (laughs) But before we stuff your earballs with our food facts. Oh, (laughs) gross. Kim, you picked out a wine for us. Did you pick it? Yeah. Yeah, many eons ago I picked Mm. this wine. Okay. What Um, is it? This is the Fat Bastard Pinot Noir. (laughs) This this one's been on our um, wine list since day one, basically, because it's a hilarious name. Um... And I'm really looking forward to trying it because we bought it quite a while ago and then have sort of postponed this cooking episode many a time. During a wine tasting with Guy, British wine industry rebel, Thierry, renowned French winemaker, exclaimed, Now that is what you call an fet bastard. I don't... I can't <laughs> remember. A what? Sorry? A fet bastard. Fet. Why is he fet? I don't... Because He's I'm doing... Dutch. Well, I know. This fet is the problem. I'm like, oh, there's an accent. Better do mum. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going what on? What the fuck is going on? And see, then when I do that, I sound Australian. It's it's very complicated. What the fuck's going on? <clears throat> now that is what you call a fat bastard. <laughs> to define the roundness and the richness of the wine. The first fat bastard wine was born. <laughs> Proud of our French roots, we often imagine this cute hippo decorating the royal gardens of Marie Antoinette and even becoming the French national emblem. We will never know. Fat Bastard Pinot Noir is generous and elegant with a fruity finish. I've never heard of a wine be called generous before either. It's because it's fat and rotund. Rotund? What a joy. Does it have a great personality? Well, let's find out, Kim. It's got got a pretty face. face. So, this is the Fat Bastard. Yep. I think what I enjoyed most about you reading that was you doing it in your very well-spoken English accent. This is the Fat Fat Bastard. Bastard. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. You fat bastards. Tastes like jam. I like it. It is quite nice. It's dry on the lips. Maybe it's just because I've got chapped lips. Soggy on the hips. <laughs> just kind of an average red to me. It's almost butter. Uh, it's like olive spread. No, it's not mm. even spread. It's that stuff you spray on a pan when you're trying to do low fat cooking. What one cook? Spray cook. Spray cook. And then you have to spray about seventeen times because it just disappears. It just burns onto the bottom of the pan. See, I'm linking it back to the topic, guys. I use spray cook for baking. What baking cake? What to keep things from sticking to the pan? Yeah, that makes sense. That does. What's like a charm? No butter and toilet roll here. Toilet roll. Well, I don't usually buy kitchen roll, so that's what I've got to go with. You've cooked for us. Yeah, not used <laughs> toilet roll. But I don't understand. What do you... To butter the pan. You scoop some butter onto the toilet roll and grease it. Just put it on your fingers, you fanny. <laughs> I don't want buttery fingers. Well, there we go. Toilet paper... Uh... <laughs> it's many uses. It's no butter in toilet paper. 
Guys, we're going to have to apologise for how um, loose this episode is. We uh, have not planned it particularly well because this month's been a cunt. So An absolute cunt. We're here essentially to talk about food, maybe throwing some stuff about gender because that's what the podcast is about and drink some wine. So sit back and enjoy. <laughs> so food. Food. Cooking. Like food. Do you like cooking? I do like cooking. I, I think I've said on the podcast before, I'm more of a baker than a cook. Mm. Um, I I enjoy so both. more cakes and that. Yeah, cakes and that. Cakes and that. Um, I enjoy both, but differently. Um, I find baking very very soothing, whereas sometimes I find cooking very soothing, and sometimes I just don't want to and find it really annoying. And I'm also really bad at chopping. Okay, bad how like. Just, messy or slow or I just you chop off your fingers got it like you know when you see people do really really fine chopping and it's all really really neat and everything stays where it's supposed to be on the chopping board and they just go yeah I can't do that I can do it with onions and that's it chopping tomatoes is the worst in my opinion I by the time you get to the end of the tomato and it just goes it's just sliding around I got a knife sharpener from my dad for Christmas and it's it is the dream and it does is it chop. like butter it it is not like, like butter. cutting through butter oh maybe <laughs> you've used butter in your life <laughs> yeah i know but i've never cut it have you never made a cake a big block of butter well, maybe so you're a baker kim yeah i'm definitely more of a baker but i actually i think in the last couple of years i've enjoyed cooking more and done more cooking or definitely done way more cooking than baking because i right. live alone but um enjoyed cooking more and taking more pleasure in cooking elaborate meals and things for myself good but traditionally historically more of a baker more cakes more cake alex how about you, you you're an avid cooker you're not i love the cooking full stop just gonna leave it there yeah. You did say it was going to be so this has been great culture and good night. <laughs> yeah. No, I love cooking. Welcome I to absolutely... the end of season one. <laughs> I absolutely love cooking. It's my kind of de-stress. Um, I look forward to doing it. I wake up and I plan my meals for the day. Yeah, boy. Um, the thing I most look forward to is food. Food and cooking win. You do make good cooking foods. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is a truth fact good words and have you enjoyed cooking more or less since you became vegan alex is a vegan what what oh, brand what? new information oh yeah shit sorry the fat bastard is also vegan by the way vegan fat bastard yeah pretty sure anyway yeah we did yeah we, we checked we, it I, we checked it when we bought it yeah. many four months ago, ago. yeah under my desk for a million years um, um do i enjoy it more or less now i'm vegan um you have to be more resourceful i imagine yeah I always, I've always enjoyed cooking, but I think I probably do enjoy it more because, like you say, I have to be more resourceful and more imaginative. Um, mm. And I did, even though I was a vegetarian before, I did get stuck in a rut of doing the same meals over and over again. Whereas when I turn, and I am slightly, maybe I'm not falling into that rut. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, stir fry, stir fry, stir fry, stir oh fry. Oh God, no, never stir fry. No. It's just so dull. <laughs> Only stir fry if I have to go out that night and I need something that's not going to completely like make me bloated, but also is quick. Yeah. Oh, I love a stir fry. No, it's just one flavour. It's boring. It does get a bit much after a while, but then my favourite, if I go to like get a Chinese takeaway, I'll just always have a chow mein because it's great. No, it's boring. 
I'd say no to you. Okay. You have the wrong opinion. Sod. But then aren't, you know, when you get the takeaway, aren't all flavours all the same anyway because they're just all in one container? Yeah, that is true. I love a Chinese, though, with lots of different bits. Yeah, yeah. I like a starter, you know, Mm. when you get, like, your spring rolls and your seaweed and all that kind of stuff. Prawn toast. Oh, yeah. Is there anything as a vegan that you miss from being veggie? Yeah, but like maybe you haven't been able to suppose, uh, to, to recreate, recreate in the recreate. same way. Yeah, I suppose I still struggle with Yorkshire puddings, mm-hmm. and there are many recipes out there, and everyone I've tried has failed. Um, so they so just I, like not risen, or yeah, yeah, they're just a bit soggy and flat. Sad, pan- sad pancakes. Sad pancakes. Yeah. Um, and have you tried I, heating the oil before? Yes, you, yeah. done all done all that, and waxed the batter in the fridge for a long time. I know. Um, but also, I think things like that, because they're close to baking, I'm not very good at. I'm not good at exact measurements. I'm good at just kind of whacking everything in and hoping yeah, for the what's best. what's the worst that could happen, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I, I suppose I've gotten over my cheese missing, but I suppose a baked camembert with some warm bread. Like, that is good. Yeah, boy. Um, yeah. Cheese, man. And also meringue. And I know that you can use chickpea water, but it does not taste the same. That sounds really? horrible. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Except the people that use eggs that are come out of a chicken's vagina. But they taste good. Chickpeas are horrible. Fact, it's just the water part because it makes it sound like bin water. Like, you know, that yeah. horrible... It's just because it whisks really easily. So right. you can use it as a binding thing as well if you're oh, making right. like fish cakes or fish cakes or whatever. But, um, yeah, you're meant to whisk it. Also, the part of an egg that you eat is in a shell. So you don't actually... Like, it's not like it's touched the chicken. Yeah, but it it's like basically a chicken's period. That's yeah, what makes people Yeah, but people eat Fair their enough. own... People eat their own Do placentas. Did you oh just nod? <laughs> um, yes. yes. I, um, you know what I want is placenta carpaccio. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's a delicacy, actually, where I come from, so... It's really not things, but <laughs> you, you, can, you can fucking believe it, can yeah. you? Yep. In uh, in Henley. I was going to say South Africa or Henley. I could believe either. Yeah, yeah. I actually could believe it Except more in, of Henley. In South Africa, it'd be like zebra's placenta carpaccio or something like that. Sam, what about you? What? Opinions on cooking versus baking versus preparing food in any other medium. Um, I really like cooking. I enjoy it. I do not enjoy doing the washing up. Um, and the... Who the fuck does though, well, really? No, but the ideal is that one do. of you does the washing up, right? One of you does the washing up, one of you does the cooking. That should be the way it works in a cohabiting situation in which people are cooking for each other. I'm not talking about necessarily house shares where you do your own shit. But I end up doing both and that yeah, annoys me. So that puts me off cooking sometimes. Like It's the cleanup. Yeah. I'm not in it for the cleanup. But the actual cooking, I really enjoy. Um, but I'm more of a recipe person than a... Um, make my own I'm not own. a fan of a recipe I, I, oh, think I, I love just, a recipe no I just whack it all in and hope for the best I think I just enjoy it because it makes me think of things that I wouldn't have thought of on my own maybe necessarily I look if at I them cook for stuff, inspiration I can cook stuff on my own I can be like fuck it I'll put something together yeah. like that um, that sauce I used to make oh that was a good sauce yeah that was just me being like fuck what goes with uh, cream god it was the most calorific sauce mm. Mm. whole grain mustard white wine garlic all that kind of mm. stuff in one sauce. Mm. Double yeah. cream as well. It was double, double cream. cream. Yeah. Double cream. Yeah, it was really good. 
I know it's not. I know it's a source that exists, but I just sounds great. Put it together. I'm here for it. Um, really good on chicken and fish. Sounds about right. But yeah, I enjoy it. I and potatoes and potatoes. Oh yeah, really good on potatoes. And like rice when you have like a stroganoffy type thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I enjoy. Uh, would do it more if I had the time. But normally, when it comes to the cooking part, I'm it's in the evenings, and I'm usually out or. Mm giving of no fucks so <laughs> i would enjoy cooking so much more if my kitchen wasn't the size of the fucking shoe oh, yeah, you know what kitchen porn is a thing like looking at pictures oh of people's really nice kitchens yeah. so i'm like oh yeah that island that mm. is the thing i want it's a nice bathroom and a nice kitchen yeah <laughs> i just would like a kitchen with lots of toilet paper <laughs> that toilet you can paper. take and between butter. the two um i would just like one a, a kitchen with more than one workspace on it mm. really frankly yeah. um anyway recipes what i was thinking was is you have tried sam um recipe meal kits haven't you yes i get them every week because uh, because uh if i buy food with a view to meal planning and then i spend out i spend mostly week out which i quite often do um that my partner goes and then then this is a really easy way for me to be like read the card do the thing on the thing um (laughs) but also they have turned always turned out really nicely and i think we've only had a few duds um but the rest have been really good and there are things in there that i would never have made before like i would never have i I don't really do anything with cauliflower but now i like putting roasted cauliflower and um all the all the spices in stuff so i think it's good and i think it's good for people who don't have time to do a proper shop and who just want it's also good for food wastage because it mm. gives you what you need for two portions and that's it yeah I th- rather than when you have to go to the shop and buy like you want i don't know you want two teaspoons of chipotle sauce and then you have to buy jar. an entire fucking jar and then it goes off in three days and you're like yeah. oh, that's a waste yeah i've 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 used meal kit services because i got them uh for my boyfriend last year for christmas and it's it's really fun and i really enjoy it although i do bulk at the amount of tiny little pieces of plastic yeah i did put that on the feedback um but i i really like getting a recipe book and flipping through it and putting a little poster and all the things that i'm gonna try and then never trying. Um, <laughs> you like tabbing things as we do on this podcast yes. yeah but like yeah. i have a lot of recipe books and i um i've cooked from from most of them and like some of the best ones that i've tried again like it's things that i i wouldn't have ever thought to make myself but then I wanted something special, so I pulled out a random recipe book and was like, I'ma make that one. For example, um, we made a Guinness and Port venison one year, which was amazing for Christmas. And that sounds insane, and I want it in my mouth. I will copy the recipe for you. Thank you. Um, one of the most successful Christmas ones we've ever done and the mozzarella stuffed meatballs as well which is um my boyfriend's special occasion request every time now from like what would you like me to cook for this special occasion meatballs <laughs> mozzarella meatballs um and various other things ikea meatballs <laughs> but, but like ikea meatballs but then add cheese ikea meatballs are really bland unless you put a fuck ton of salt on them they're not bland they're real good no, they're really big though um <laughs> big salty balls but yeah, so like I, that's that's the thing. Like I really enjoy a recipe, and, and one of my favorite things about recipes is that it breeds like a tradition. Like you can, you can. There's nothing stopping us from making a recipe that was invented 
in the 1600s, short of the fact that we maybe don't have easy access to turtles. And also, killing swans is illegal now. Illegal, but not impossible. (laughs) She was a really good slingshot. (laughs) My point about recipes, learning from recipes, like ancient recipes or whatever, is like, that's kind of how... I I feel like I've learned from recipes and I've learned from just exploring recipe books much more than I've learned from intuition. Right. In my experience. But I don't know about you guys. Well, I was going to ask... Alex, I was going to ask you this first because, Kim, I know the... Well, I know there is a longer answer to this. But, (laughs) Alex, have you ever learned from any family recipes? Do you have anything that's been passed to you? Or has it been kind of of your own concoction? it's it's always... So I learned um, cooking from my dad and it was just very much kind of like um, working out what flavours go really well together and just there's there's been no specific recipe. It's just because neither of us follow recipes. So right. I suppose like that's just quite alien to me. It's kind of just going like this plus this equals good. Yeah. And then if and you put it with this, kind of, boom. If you put just it going, this, what do I fancy? Oh, I fancy something tomato-y based. And then just going and then just walking around a supermarket and going oh yeah a bit of that a bit of this and it goes really well together hmm. what about you and your basis in cooking kimbas i mean i i as you well know definitely have recipes that i have inherited um banana bread yeah the most famous being the banana bread yeah, which was tits. originally made by my mother's mum as far as i know it might have gone back further than that um, and my mum's is clearly the best and mine's a poor imitation, but I'm getting pretty good at it. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, and other recipes like that my mum has given me over the years, but also, uh, I inherited quite a few cookbooks from my, um, grandma on my dad's side, including her handwritten recipe book that has like, and she was a she was a fantastic like she was a matriarch and had years and years of hosting dinners for the for the church and for her students and for her four sons and all this sort of stuff so she has years and years and years of recipes in this handwritten recipe book so i've got a lot of those as well um including her coveted chutney recipe um that's one recipe i have actually followed is chutney it's also great because it's got some really fucking weird recipes there's like a clipping from some kind of 70s magazine which is like six different ways to use edam um it's fucking weird you only need one way to eat edam and that is put it in your face (laughs) but it's it's really funny and and again like fondue is one that i got from my mum and all this sort of stuff so um from both sides of my family i've inherited recipes and cookbooks and an appreciation for recipes and cookbooks and there's a certain level of experimentation in all of those things as you can tell by a lot of the notes that are written on these things of like this one's so not so great or this one's lovely or george tried that one um oh, that's so sweet. yeah that's my favorite george was my um grandfather and there's just one note in one of these recipes that's george made this one and i was like i wonder oh. if that means that it was good or bad that's such a window into their like souls and relationship though that's really lovely yeah it's um so yeah so i that's where i got my start is my mum i got my start with my mum's cooking and baking and the sweet treats that she made the banana bread the ginger biscuits and also baking with my grandma um i have a very fond memory of making teddy bear bread with my grandma so like i've learned 
Hmm? I said, is that vegan? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, yeah, so I very much learned cooking from, you know, mostly the women in my family, although not exclusively, but mostly the women in my family. And then from there, and combined with, you know, a love of reading and research and being massively type A, all the recipe books ever. Okay, so we've discussed on the podcast before that my mum is not a cook. Um, there's a few things she makes, like crumble, um, but generally... What type? Apple and blackberry normally. Um, the best kind. But doesn't make her own custard. Not, no judgment, I've never made custard in my life, I don't intend to. Um, like Things like that. But my dad was normally the one who was a better cook. Um, although cook is a bit of a grandiose term for... Um, Here's how you make fried bread, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love but, oh, it. Oh, yeah, so right, much. right. I fried bread, to, oh, um, just have cheese it on snack cheese sometimes. on toast with marmite. That was my dad's uh, oh, doing. Mm, so good. I love marmite now. That's my like go-to snack, main diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheese on toast and marmite. On <laughs> <And> fried bread, <laughs> eggy bread. Yeah. Oh, and he taught me how to make like stuff like omelets and like all the really basic stuff. But my mum taught me the baking side of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, he was he was the cook. She was the baker. Um, but really, I didn't start cooking properly until I went to uni. Shocker, because you know, which most yeah. of us do, really. Yeah, exactly. And um, the main inspiration I actually got into food was an ex-boyfriend of mine who enjoyed cooking, and then we'd cook together and stuff. Um, and then I lost the boyfriend, kept the cooking. <laughs> I think you it should the, be. I got the better end of, better end of the deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then just kind of kept kept going, and now I cook. Of the meals we make, we have in our house, I cook six out of seven, really. What's uh, his go-to cooking meal? The boyf. Yeah. Um, it's it's like it's proper basic English grub. So like meat and two veg, bangers and mash, um, right, yeah. or occasionally a cottage pie, or mm. um, he he does a good roast. Although I do the best potatoes. You, you both do a good roast. Yeah, you came around for a roast. And it was yeah, pretty fucking yeah, good. Pretty fucking great. Um, but yeah, so that's his kind of wheelhouse. And mine's like anything else. Mainly Italian, Mexican. Um, Korean, actually. I've made quite a few oh, Korean things yes. recently. I've seen, Korean. yeah, your yeah. pictures of Korean food. Yeah. And I do a good stew. I have like one never I done a good stew. What kind of what? stew? I made a really good one. I remember it from last year. And it was, uh, you might not, it's, it was obviously wasn't vegan, but it was pork, cider, cream, pear, um, oh. and like potato. And it was proper like oh, winter, like. Ah. Such a good idea. I've never thought to put cider in my stew. Yeah, man. Cider with, oh, or like apple so or anything well like that. And especially in a, an autumn stew. So I make like there. a good root vegetable stew with dumplings and like vegan sausages chopped up in it. Nice. And I do love um, like stew. mustardy mash. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, cider would go really well with that. Back in Top there. tip. There you go. <laughs> on our cooking, cooking Before podcast. you added the um, sausages, I was like, isn't a root vegetable stew just soup? Not if you don't blitz it. No, because it's like in a well, gravy. You just have chunky soup. It's kind of we. No, it's more like a gravy kind of base with some tomato puree in it. Okay, you can't have like a gravy soup. French onion soup. Also, soup isn't a meal, and I refuse to accept. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't refuse. Like a soup. It, but it's it's a hot vegetable smoothie. 
Yeah, but then if you fry some bread topped up, <laughs> then you're having the bread with garlic. Then you're having bread and dip. You're not having a fucking meal, oh, are you? It's so filling. It's basically no. it is a meal. No, I won't have it. If Soup's... you put like three potatoes <laughs> in it, it is a filling dish. Soup... Just have the potatoes. Soup. There's is no a point in the rest. Fine meal for lunch, but not good enough for dinner. Oh, I have it for dinner all the time. And... This is why you're so small, <laughs> and I'm here not in my with big the leather trousers. You tell <laughs> Um, and croutons. There's both. <laughs> You've had unfortunate experiences with soup, though. No. It, well, let's not talk about the bisque. The bisque was a bad time for us all. But it's just it's just so, like... It's, it's a liquid. You shouldn't be able to drink your food. Unless you're on some kind of meal replacement diet, which is not food, you shouldn't be able to drink it. But on a winter's eve. Or if you're feeling unwell. As a starter, maybe. You can't have it as an entire meal. No, I. What about I, with a side? I will stand of on my soupy soapbox until the day baguette. I die. <laughs> a whole French baguette as a side on your soup. Then you're having bread and dip. Where do we stand on chowder? It's a dip. Chowder is like chunky stew. See, I, I think chowder is chunky soup. Yeah, I think it's chunky soup. Depends I think what you it put also it. makes if me it's think got... of sweet corn and and like snotty sweet corn. It makes me feel a bit sick. You know, like crab crab chowder. chowder yeah, main chowder. I don't know. I, f- I feel I feel as long as you have to chew, then it counts as food. <laughs> okay, what is your least favourite food of all time that if someone paid you a thousand pounds, you still wouldn't eat it? Tripe. What is tripe? It's like the fatty bits from um, animal organs. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not even a thousand pounds? Even no. though you eat the animal anyway? A thousand? No, mate. Why? Do- why? Because... It, it was one of those I think it's one of those things that was like um, in lean times it was like make the use of everything right. that was there and now people are like oh yeah you just cook it with onion I'm like onion can only go so far <laughs> onion is not a food yeah. so apparently. similarly liver and offal of any kind like tongue people who have tongue sandwiches I'm not in the famous five I don't want fucking tongue sandwiches and corned beef for that matter oh no corned beef hash weird... though no. no yes please but like slabs of corned beef and spam and all that wartime food. You know when you read like a, a childhood book from 1942 or whatever and they're like, oh, spiffing, yes, let's have um, spam sandwiches and root beer and all this. And it's like, fuck off, no. That sounds, sounds fucking great to me. I literally wanted to live that life. That was the dream. No. Kim, what about you? What's the well, I'll read the ever... famous five with a pret a at the end. <laughs> as, I, um, as I told you recently, Alex... There's very little I won't eat because even if I don't like it, if it's put in front of me, I'll eat it because I don't want to be rude. Oh, God, yeah, this was the worst thing to say <laughs> someone hosting a dinner party. Um, so there's there's very little that I will not eat. However, um, similar to, to Sam, I, when I was in Porto a couple of years ago, we were having like a, a tapas of traditional... Portugal Porto? Um, yes. Oh, lovely. Um, of traditional foods, and one of the traditional meals of Porto is chicken gizzard, mm. which I put in my mouth and my body reacted so violently that I had to spit it out. What's gizzard? The it's little like the throaty bit. Gutty. <laughs> yeah, it's grim. Um, so that, I, 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 not because I don't want a thousand pounds, but because my body physically rejected it. Right. Also, um, I yes. should probably avoid oysters. I've never tried them, but I suspect I might be allergic. So, 
How can you say suspect? Because my sister and my mum are both allergic. Oh, okay, right, fine. Uh, (laughs) That's a legitimate reason. Actually, no, I've had oysters, but I haven't had them, like, just out the shell. I've I've had them um, deep fried and come into breadcrumbs, and they're great. (laughs) Were they not, like, snotty? No, because they were deep fried and covered in breadcrumbs. You need to stop saying the word snotty. Sorry, sorry. Snotty that's, chowder and see, snotty See, that's the thing. I don't, think, I don't think I do the whole oyster straight out the shell thing because because no, of I the couldn't. snot element. And also the fact that they always come in like salty water and you're like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. I would no. probably throw, back, throw that back up. Yeah, no, that's not pleasant. Um... Alex, what about you? What would you I not? I don't know. Like, like obviously, obviously, other than other meat, other based meat yeah, like things. like morally, yeah. like in in terms of stuff, I I can I choose to eat. How do you feel about eating like bugs? You know, like people eat witch you know, grubs and stuff. Matt was talking to me about this the other day because he was asking me about mussels and and because oh, he had mussels at my nail. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, oh, obviously they don't have a brain, but well, they've got a nervous system. And which was my argument. Right. They had so they can system. feel. Uh, yeah, they can feel. And um, But how can they feel if there's no brain to receive? Well, this the... is the thing. There is a debate about it. Ooh, but good. at the same okay. time, like, any anything that can possibly feel pain, I'm just like, no, no, no. And, and it just now makes me feel queasy thinking about something that's a living creature putting it in my mouth. Um, but, so yes, I do not want to eat a snail. I do not want to eat a bug. I did, when I was pescatarian, eat a jellyfish. You did eat a jellyfish? Yeah. And I will say, Kim, we'll just it was snotty. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's taken me a long time to like mushrooms. Um, and obviously, as a vegetarian then vegan, it was hard to not have mushrooms in my diet. Um, but I don't think I could still eat... Oh, no, I'm going to use the word snotty again. <laughs> I don't think I could, I could still eat one of those giant field mushrooms that's like soggy you yeah they're not they don't but they're they shouldn't meant be, to be soggy oh, you've been having the they've been prepared wrong okay well that's ones like... i've had in like you know like a fried breakfast where it's like or like just a giant giant greasy soggy mushroom still a big mushroom scares me a little bit because <laughs> it rears up and slaps you in the face but i really enjoy <laughs> i really enjoy like shiitake and oyster and like all those kind of mushrooms but a big field mushroom scares me but i would eat it for i don't like pounds. a provincial mushroom i wish i would eat it for a thousand pounds i don't like heinz baked beans Get out. do you do you make your own baked beans yes out of butter beans because i don't i don't think i like the bean that toilet is... paper butter beans not toilet paper that is that doesn't happen <laughs> we've kind of gone off a little bit off the rails um, as we were warned as to do. we warned you all that we would so before we go any further i think probably time to take a break yep. and uh recalibrate before we do that how has everyone found the fat bastard wine i have enjoyed it it was tasty alex yeah. excellent words <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, glowing it, review. It was... i didn't hate it but i didn't like it like it it's not mouth-coaty heartburn wine. No, right. it's not. But it's not like rich. Yum, yum, yeah, yum, but yum, it's wine. just kind of making my mouth a bit dry. It's um, it's not, not as it. it's not as fat as I thought it was going to be. So, um, with that, we are going to have a break. Yeah. See you in a bit. Okay. Bye. Bye. So we're back from our break. We're going to talk some more about food, and to kick us off, we're going to start talking about food programs yeah i yeah. think so um because celebrity chefs yeah because that's really how we wanted to talk about food in the first place and then we kind of I got a little bit to talk like, about cheese on toast 
Uh, do you mean the food of the gods? The f- some people say it's ambrosia. Yeah, it's cheese on it's toast. It's cheese on toast. It's universally agreed that the Great British Bake Off is like a phenomena over the last few years. Especially, it's taken me a long time to get into it actually. But it's become really big in America as well since it's mm. been on Netflix, where it's called the Great British Baking Show. And um, because apparently also... Bake Off is too hard to understand. Apparently, um, thanks Obama. There's also things like uh, salt, fat, acid, heat, which is a... my Tinder bio. That too, um, TV show on Netflix, but also based off of a book, which is more than a cookbook. Um, so I've been told, which is it's same name. Um, it's, it's about the science of flavor, basically. And how that applies to cooking. So the importance of salt, fat, acid and heat in cooking. It's not just recipes. It's why you use it and the science behind it. And and why the intuition that maybe Alex cooks with works in the way that it does. And how the flavour combinations work. And also how following recipes and the, the, the understanding behind following recipes like adding salt to your pasta water for example and why you do that and how much you should do that and what that actually means i don't um, know about this program at all uh, why have you got to ruin things by explaining them can't you just enjoy food no i like i like i like learning no but some things like some things don't need to be learned just enjoy the food without having to go oh yes you put salt in water in water because it knows the boiling point then it makes pasta isn't it, just to, isn't it just to make the pasta not stick together no, no it's, it's, it's more than it, well it's it's a lot of different things because it also absorbs the salt and the flavor which is why you don't just put a pinch you're supposed to put quite a lot in um and oh. i've told you about like cooking my past i cook my pasta in white wine when i feel fancy all of the, the all the liquid, the liquid is white wine yeah you rub the pan with garlic and then fry some onions. Use some toilet roll to get it in there. <laughs> then pour in white wine and then bring with the hard wi- pasta with dry pasta. Yeah, bring the white wine to the boil. That is a the- lot of white wine that you're cooking well, with. You don't need that much because you only need like a cup or two because it all absorbs into the pasta. You're not supposed to have any left over that you pour away. It all absorbs into the pasta, and then your pasta tastes white wine, garlicky deliciousness, goodness. As much as that does sound beautiful. Alex is like, that is a waste of wine. It is a waste of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, as but it's who... the same as when, when you put red wine in like a tomato sauce. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, don't splash. Tip... you put a splash. Oh, I don't. No, I put a good <laughs> my, my chilli is... You know how when you make chilli, they like put 300 millilitres of stock in it. Fuck that, it's wine. Oh, see, my, I put balsamic vinegar instead of wine. Put a half a pint of wine and then Not a, half a pint stock of cube. I love to cook with wine. Sometimes I even put it in the food. That was the impetus. The salt, fat, acid, heat was one example. But, I mean, this stretches way, way back. You've got your Delias and your Nigellas. <laughs> you've got your Delias and you've got your Nigellas and you've got your Gordon Ramsays of the world. And um, Mrs. Beaton. Mrs. Beaton. The first celebrity. I mean, she wasn't there. really like... She didn't have a Netflix show, did she? But Not yet. There was kind of... Tell me they're not going to somehow recreate that shit. Yeah, mm. and it's going to be like an HBO style content with It'll be like, food um, orgies. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. All this to say, there are a lot more, I feel, bake, um, cooking shows that are, or cooking in shows that are not your sort of traditional reality TV drama like Gordon Ramsay. Or your this is just straight up how you cook something 
like Nigella, there's a lot more like in between biography, I guess. It's all like memoir TV where they cook, but also they're talking about they're interviewing people about how this I don't know fucking puppy um, pudding saved their life. (laughs) Who's cooking with puppies? (laughs) Jesus, (laughs) I mean probably someone. Yeah, Saturday Kitchen. But no, I mean less like interview TV where it's incidental, like the two things aren't related, but more about like the story behind and the food. Yeah, an entire hour of this is how I make pierogi and this is why I make pierogi this way. Yeah. What's pierogi? Some kind of... You're thinking of Anthony now, aren't you? I am yeah. thinking of Anthony. But but that's the thing. It's some kind of fried dish. I don't know. I don't really know. Something Polish, I believe. It sounds great. Whatever it is, but like, it's fried. It's fried. done. <laughs> but um, it's not just could the... be cat face and she. <laughs> Chef's table is another example of this, where they talk about like how they got into cooking and and what it means to them and how it rescued them from heroin. Very much, basically. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I used to be cooking. <laughs> But basically, I used to be hooked on heroin. No, cooking is my hero. Oh no! You've just described. You've described the plot of Kitchen Confidential. What is that? I've never heard of Anthony Bourdain. Is like one of the seminal memoir things, and he was the forerunner of this. And I feel like since he died, it's been a lot more of it. I think. Your exposure to cooking programs is not the same as ours. No, I have no idea. Because a lot of these I've never heard of. No. Which is not to say they're irrelevant. I just don't understand. Okay, that's fine. It's just something that I've noticed on Netflix. Like every fucking second show is here is my feelings about food, but in a hour long with lots of sensual kneading of bread. Like. Are these on suggested for Kim? <laughs> I don't even watch any of them. That's the worst part. They're just like, like a song in the background. I'll listen did, to did, did, did. Just someone <laughs> rubbing a fucking loaf. I said sensual, not sexual. I mean, sensual is basically the same thing. ASMR cooking videos. They must be a thing, right? Oh. Oh, I would watch though. Your point is that there's this kind of weird sensory storytelling journey that a lot of these cooking shows are Yeah, I feel like I feel like the narrative around food and the engagement with food and cookery on things like Netflix, on the kind of cookbooks that are coming out, um, the kind of stories that are being told around food has shifted into a more storytelling and less about like A to B, this is how you cook a thing. This is our egg. This is how you cook it. Yeah, but that is, but that is what that is the cook cookery shows of the past. But I think are that it's the same way that I feel about um, home renovation shows and all that sort of stuff. Where it's gone from this is changing rooms. We're gonna completely change your house in two days. To but let me talk about why changing this one area of your bedroom it's all is gonna deal with it, yeah it's gonna deal with the fact that your father left you when you were four like that's <laughs> the shit that they're we're gonna put you in a nook so you can think about your father <laughs> yeah 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 but i feel like i feel like that's all moved and that's particularly moved in food and i don't know if it's like a comfort thing or a uh being in, you know being in touch with your feelings thing or if it's a sell me anything because it's Netflix thing or what but I just I've noticed and heard about so much more thoughtful food narratives in the last year I I 
just don't have the time for that kind of thing. <laughs> like, if I'm watching a cooking show, I'm watching it to see one of three things happen. I'm watching it to see if someone cuts their finger off, because, obviously. Gross. I'm watching it to um, see some heartwarming moments, like on the Bake Off, and people being nice to each other. Or I'm watching it because I want to know how to fucking cook something. I don't need a storyline. I need you to tell me how to make stromboli or whatever. I don't know. So there's a narrative that food is kind of in some way healing. Is something that kind of comes across from these things. Nourishment for the soul. Yeah, it's not just about putting it in your body. And it's about this... I think that's to do with this wellness thing and this um, self-care narrative that we're fed quite a lot. Not that I'm saying self-care isn't important, but everyone just goes, everything is self-care. Like, "Eh, turn your phone off, self-care. Put lemon in your water, Eh, self-care. Watch this cooking show, self-care. Everything is fucking self-care now. Destroy all relationships, self-care. Yeah, destroy your relationship. (laughs) Go outside, self-care. Touch a dog, self-care. I do agree with that one. But everything is this kind of... The self-care story, I think, is tied into food. I think, I and think I think it's a new way right. of packaging diet culture. I think you might be right. Um, I also think that it's it's about the um, supposedly more engaged mindset that consumers have now, which is that for a long time it was there's one thing, there's this thing, there's this thing, and. And they are not connected. Like you have your you have your changing room show, and you have your TV show about food, and you have your shoot 'em up, and that's they're all separate. Hang on, sorry, what? <laughs> I, this is an episode re- of changing. That's, that's like, not a reality TV. No, like I'm talking shoot about up. different kinds of entertainment. Okay, and now, right. And now because you were you talking have... very much about lifestyle stuff. And yeah, and there's like, like, like westerns. Well, yeah, but this is my point. It's like you had all these different ways of entertainment, and they were all completely separate. And now, like you could, you can be watching a TV show where they're like, and we're talking about this, and this is this is the narrative, and I travelled to. Kentucky and we talked about Bourbon and Sorry, everything I'm just really great. enjoying all your little stories that you're making up as examples today. But that's <laughs> my favourite thing. It's like, cut the scissors through the sellotape. That's satisfying. And, and next then... on Robot Wars, <laughs> Reiki for your dog. But, they <laughs> Shoot do. up. But, but it's true. It's true. It's what I'm seeing. It's like, there's no... You're supposed to There's be... There's a blurring of the lines. Yeah, you're supposed to be super aware about how the whole fucking universe is all super connected and better engage your core to understand your chakra and increase your productivity and yeah. that will make you better in bed and also a more productive human being and be a boss-ass bitch and make lots of money. <laughs> Marry Kondo your life into being a successful fucking unicorn hurdler. I don't know. <laughs> then make a quiche. <laughs> but yeah... <laughs> It's all a bit, yeah. It's, it's just, just a bit much. It's all very holistic and, yeah. It's all just a little bit. Sometimes people just want to enjoy things, and this is what I was saying. Have it all. Just you've got to have it all. You've got to be it all. You've got to think about it all. You've got to have it all, but you've got to not try because self care. Because self care. Self care Thursday. Eat this habanero pepper. Self care Saturday. Self care Sunday. Hashtag kill me. <laughs> Hashtag tell your mum she's a bitch. Self care. Like... <laughs> the <laughs> I want to go back to what you said about though about the self care diet the <laughs> diet culture. That was a flippant throwaway comment that I just made up. But no, I think, but it's so true because I, I do think cooked... there is a repackaging of, of... Yeah. I read a it. fascinating article a little while ago which was like, 
is clean eating, masking an eating disorder, basically. Mm. And I have a cookbook that was given to me by my mum, which was given to her by someone at her gym, which is the Yoga Kitchen, which is all vegetarian food, but they're organised by the different stages of yoga and they're all supposed to appeal to a certain healing particular way and you can't just make a recipe from them. You have to read the book and understand the, your way through it and everything. And like, Who has the time? Yeah, I personally, and I'm, you know, like, I'm all for a slightly wanky premise of a cookbook. It's a little bit too wanky for me, frankly. It is too wanky. You sound you like really you like that, it. don't you? I I think food is connected with obviously like how it makes you feel. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so as is yoga, and it's all about kind of um, connecting with the world and the earth and grounding yourself, and so therefore, surely food is connected to that as well. So. I don't know. I just feel like there's a. I think there's a difference in. I I, I if it sounds a bit pretentious. That's all. Yeah, and also, I don't... it's not like. Do down facing dog, eat a banana. I like, don't disagree with, with what you just said. Eat a food that's shaped like a V, like yeah. the downward facing dog. I don't disagree yeah. with what you said, like they're all interconnected. I do disagree with, I'm reading a book and I'm like, mm, what shall I make for dinner tonight? And it's like, you can't actually make this recipe without considering the significance of the lotus flower and what the lotus flower means and how this slice of watermelon in this recipe relates to the lotus flower and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's... you're not the right audience for it. Like, I'm sure for some people, they love but that. I, but I am, for a lot of things, I am for a lot of philosophy and I am for a lot of... Yeah. But... I have, you know, like, nostalgia books and all that sort of stuff. I just think that... But if people are seeking to connect with their food on a deeper level, then they would read that book. Maybe? Who wants to connect with their food? But that's the thing. Like, some I think people do. Oh, I find it. So I'm weird. concerned. I'm concerned that some of this stuff is masquerading as, is, yeah. Is I think there's there's I'm well, disorder saying, eating. They're mask- not saying don't do the recipe at all until you've fasted for fifty days. They are saying don't do the recipe until you've connected with your chakra, and if you haven't, then you're not you're not going to fully appreciate. What if your chakra doesn't have Wi-Fi? I think people preach the wellness thing, and they say all the things that we're taught about eating healthy, which is absolutely fine and good. Like, eat mm. lots of vegetables. Eat eat the rainbow, as people say. Eat oily fish if you're going to eat fish. Eat all these other things and eat a balance and always have more veg on your plate than meat. Fine. Fine. Just don't make it a fucking cult. It's also not true <laughs> for everyone. There is no blanket diet. There is no blanket meal plan. There is no blanket yeah. way to eat that suits everyone. Because some people should not be having five kinds of acidic fruit every day they just fucking shouldn't be it's just not practical there are plenty of people who cannot have all these supposedly clean eating healthy healthy wonderful diets if you can't eat onions that doesn't help you but this is my thing like there are there are things where it doesn't it doesn't work there is no blanket thing it's like the woman that was saying oh give up sugar and your life will be so much better first of all fuck off second of all <laughs> i'm it, sorry shall i replenish my overdraft <laughs> with sugar you fucking twat it's just exactly like you just know it there's no there is no blanket rule it's the it's the trendiness of gluten free it's the it's the jumping on the bandwagon of oh if i don't eat bacon i am therefore an amazing and wonderful person and i can tell you how to live your life there is definitely an interconnection. <laughs> and yeah i'll between... go and do a shit ton of cocaine at the weekend that's yeah. farmed by very small children in yeah. venezuela yeah. yeah 
Yeah. yeah. There is definitely an interconnectedness between the, the, the food that you put in your body and your, your engagement with the world. And there's also an interconnectedness with how you relate to your body, how you relate to exercise, how you relate to your own mind and diet. I don't, I'm not disputing any of that. I'm not disputing a connection between like you can eat certain foods and it and it can approach your wellness in a particular way. We've talked before about like seasonal food. There's food that you eat when you're feeling a certain way. That's why comfort food is a thing. What I do object to is what is essentially presented as a canonical text on if you're not doing it this way you're not doing it right and you have to follow my doctrine and therefore and therefore I'm the best and this this is the only way to eat and selling that for 17.99 and then being like all of these the laugh is like oh gosh that's crazy but like and then all of these recipes are, are being like if I'm you're so not if you're not getting watermelon and peeling it yourself and, and, and grilling it and taking four hours to make a fucking salad, then you're not living your truest, most perfect life and you'll never have inner wellness and also you will never eat well. Like it's it's very dangerous to conflate that eating well in a specific prescribed way is the only way that you're going to achieve this kind of health health and wellness the articles around the um the the woman who prescribed cutting out sugar and everything was very much about that you sleep shit because you eat too much sugar and therefore you will never be well and happy if you don't if you don't cut out sugar from your life it's just so it's so reductive and it's so it's dogmatic and it's also really dangerous it's gonna be extremists no 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 but it's kind of like industry or whatever but it's really dangerous to reduce I think the the prevalence of all these shows and this interconnectedness and and soccer like takes away from you know sometimes you actually need to get a help from a doctor or a nutritionist or a psychiatrist or your friends like you can't just you can't just eat kale and not face your very real depression um, I do get what you're yeah. saying but I feel like that we were not necessarily like the, the link between the TV shows talking about food with the backstory and personal connection is not necessarily the same as being like eat a fucking salad I just I don't know I just no, but, I, it's a slippery slope argument I'm yeah, fully even, willing to admit that even if there's not it's necessarily in toilet a, a connection of, of Kim's like connecting the points in her mind no. Um, obviously these things do exist and do exist probably in the form of Instagram as well. Like a lot of I think Instagram's um, pretty bad for it. It's yeah. so bad for it, especially as I follow a lot of food people because that's like one of my main passions. Um and I do see it. I, I think, you know, like I said, there's gonna be extremists in any industry or any walk of life. I also think there's gonna be preachers and, you know, it's one thing that works for one person they're going to get so passionate and excited about it that they want to share it with the world and yes you're right it doesn't work for everyone Mm. like some people yes they might cut out sugar and go wow i haven't slept this well in years and blah blah and so they want to be like this is the way forward this is the way you should go yeah it's not going to work for everyone i do think there are dangerous um things out there in terms of you know 
packaging something and then someone clinging onto it in like and becoming obsessed with it um but anyway let's not go into that kind of i just think people should check themselves before they start going yeah. this is the way to live your yeah. life it's yeah. like and especially when people are like ah you know stop food shaming other people before you mm. start getting yeah. on at someone about you shouldn't eat that it's bad for your health and then that puts a strain on this thing and then la, 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 la. it's like maybe you think about what you're putting in your body if your argument is based on making someone feel bad you need to rethink your argument yeah yeah um i also i don't mean to villainize all these shows and books because a i own a fuck ton of them and i really enjoy them and i think that they're great and b they're all entertaining and i think you know pun fully intended take it all with a pinch of salt so that brings us to the end of this week's show and not just to the end of the show but also the end of grape culture season one Woo! so we have done every year's worth of episodes uh, and we're going to be taking a break for about a month or so just to recharge probably a shit ton of food roast potatoes potatoes and cheese and uh, we'll be back in the new year with brand new episodes for you but this is a small hiatus so before we go tonight we don't really have a book or a tv show in particular i think we can all rate food five out of five yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but we apart from big mushrooms and chicken gizzards (laughs) <laughs> Big mushrooms, new to Channel 4. But we do have a bottle of wine, and that was, again, Kim, please say it again, because it makes me laugh. <laughs> fat bastard, Pinot Noir. Pinot You fat bastard. So, Fat Bastard Pinot Noir 2018 vintage, was it not? Crobs. Yeah, cool. Um, Don't know, it's sort of recycling now. <laughs> excellent, too far away. We're going to guess 2018. It'll be on Instagram if you want to find out. So, Alex, what was your rating for the ween? Oh, big yawn. Sorry. <laughs> and then you alarmed me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about big mushrooms. I would rate Fat Bastard. Is it Fat Bastard? Is that what it's called? Okay, fine. Um... <laughs> Consult uh, the taste buds at the back. See what they have to say. Uh, 2.5. 2.5. Fair enough. It Fair was enough. fine. Uh, I, yeah, like we said, I solid drink, middle of the road. I drink it with tapas on a roof terrace in the sunshine, but that would be the best part of the day as opposed to the wine. Kim, tell us what you would rate the wine, and also where you would drink it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't as buttery or fat as I had hoped it would be, but it was pretty good, and I did enjoy it. And it was one of the nicer reds that I feel like I've had in a while. Um, on podcast so yeah three's fine and I would drink it I'm gonna say yeah um, Terrace in Crete preferably out of some kind of copper carafe can we, can we be together yes yes Thanks. you can be on separate terraces though and just like cheers each other <laughs> yeah just over there so over there <laughs> Okay, so a three and a two point five for the fat bastard. Fit bastard. Fit bastard. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a, a three. It was nice. I would drink it. Scone. A scone. Um, yeah, no, it was a good red. It wasn't my usual nice. Like Kim, I like the fat fat reds, and for something called fat bastard, it was not a fat wine. Um, so I think I would join you on your terrace, uh, mm. maybe with some carpaccio. So yeah. I'll sit over there. We can sit on a balcony, three, three sides of a square in some kind of um, Mediterranean village, uh, or, 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 a, or a triangle. 
No, there shall be a square with no one in it. <laughs> a side over there. Okay. With a fountain. Beautiful. Love what, it. What are you eating? I would be eating some manchego cheese mm. uh, and some olives. I, I feel yeah. like croquette, croquettes. I'm going to have some sun-dried tomatoes, some olives and some uh, potatoes bravas. I knew you were going to say potatoes bravas. Yes, yeah. I knew it. Um, out of curiosity, Alex, you actually purchased this one. Can you remember how much it was? I think it was actually quite expensive. Yeah, I thought I, so too. I think it was like 15 to 20 quid. Okay, well that's Alex quite expensive. <laughs> No, but like in terms of the fact that we gave it 2.5 to 3, like that's quite yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have paid above a tenner for it. And mm. I'm not I'm not always an Alex not paying above a tenner for wine person. You can I say cheapskate, it's so okay. Cheap. Like, it's only come out in this podcast. But then I would have a glass of it for £7, so I guess £21. Yeah, if this was a house. I mean, so, so would I, because if I'm in a pub, I'd pay it. Large house red, you'd, you'd, yeah, yeah. you'd pay it. I'd be here for it. So we will finish with our food episode. We'll be back in about a month's time with a brand new episode, which I believe is going to be all about the Zodiac for our first part of yeah. season two. That was oh, yes. Agreement. We were going yeah. to do a um, horoscopes for one. the year. Nice. Yeah. What horoscopes are we all before we... You can tune in next time to find oh, out. Oh, okay, fine. A little teaser there. Oh. So please do come back in the new year to listen to our new episodes when we're all refreshed and happy. And in the meantime, have a happy Christmas and a lovely new year. Happy Thank Christmas. you for listening. Bye. Bye.